It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 319 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called Still a Mess. It is August 6th, 2021, and this is Jen. And there's still a lot of stuff to report on this whole Blizzard lawsuit thing, so I sort of... Well, I put together a timeline to make me sound a little more cohesive um, when I go over all this, and I'm including in it stuff we know that happened regarding the lawsuit or as a fallout to the lawsuit, in addition to podcasts that talked about the lawsuit other than mine. And here we go. So um, on August 1st, Azeroth CTC, which is Azeroth Coast to Coast, they have they do podcasts about Blizzard games and others. And their most recent episode was episode 148. It was released on August 1st. And it's titled an At Will Podcast. And now they did spend a great deal of time talking about a wide variety of very interesting video games. But they did eventually get to talking about the Blizzard lawsuit. And... They had a really good discussion on there. So, And the at-will part is part of uh, the people that are hosts of the show live in the United States, and some of the people who are hosts of the show do not live in the United States. So there was discussion about employment at will in California, which means they, you could be fired for no reason at all, and you're just fired and there's nothing you can do about it kind of thing. So that's why it's called an at-will podcast. If you're listening to this and you live outside of the United States, yeah, that happens in some states. Not all states, but some states. And anyway, it's a long episode, but I thought it was really good, so I'm highlighting that one. And it's also chronologically one of the first things that was was listed as a podcast here. So I wanted to just uh, point that out. Uh, Disclosure, one of my friends is on the show. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) Anyway, and, you know, before I roll into this whole mess, I want to do a shout out for Atlas from Warcraft Radio, who helped me out a lot in the last couple of days. Shattered Soulstone podcast has been on the Warcraft Radio. It's not a Warcraft Radio podcast. It's in the podcast directory. It's been there for a very long time. And I never got around to rebranding it and, you know, putting the new art in there and changing up some stuff like that. So Athelus helped me a lot to get that done. So thank you, Athelus. Now, if you are someone who wants to listen to Shattered Soulstone through Warcraft Radio on the podcast directory, you can do that. And there's a button there if you want to leave a review. You can totally do it right through that. So if you're interested in doing that, that's where it is. And again, I will link to absolutely everything I talk about in the show in the show notes later on. So on July 30, Jason Shearer, who is a reporter for Bloomberg, tweeted the following. Activision Blizzard CEO Fran Townsend, whose recent letter addressing the lawsuit was criticized by employees at the company and even CEO Bobby Kotek is now under fire for this tweet. And he's got a tweet uh, marked in there. Multiple... 
Activision Blizzard employee say Townsend has blocked them on Twitter for responding. The tweet actually has a screenshot from Fran Townsend's Twitter account. It's a link to an article from The Atlantic about... Uh, it, the article is titled, The Problem with Whistleblowing. So that's not the kind of thing you'd like somebody high up in a company of any kind to be posting because it feels like it's... I think the phrase tone deaf has gone around quite a lot, and it seems as though Fran has decided to just disregard everybody's, you know, experience, especially the bad experiences they had working for Blizzard. So that was her way of being snarky, I guess. It's definitely misguided. It's immature. But there it was. Last episode, I talked about a Twitter account called A Better ABK, which is a better Activision Blizzard King. It is now very clear that it's being run by the employees, which ones I have no idea, and nobody else should know either, because I can see them being retaliated against if they're found out. I'm hoping it's like a group of people and not just one person you know, taking all this on on themselves. They posted a description of their Twitter account, and it is this. The employees of Activision Blizzard King working together for change. These tweets are our opinions and do not reflect theirs. Uh, hashtag a better ABK. They have, at the time of this recording, 6,592 followers, and they are not following anyone, which is a smart idea, in my opinion. All right, moving on. I am uh, doing a lot of extra blogging this month for reasons unrelated, and I wrote a thing on my website. It's also on Medium, and uh, you can read it for free on my website. You can have a subscription for Medium. So I'm going to link that one to you in the show notes, the one that is free on my website. It's called Grieving and a Sense of Betrayal, and it was kind of my initial response to reading all of these allegations, and I believe all of the victims, because nobody posts stuff like this just for attention unless it happened, in which case they are sharing their trauma so others can go, okay, that was me too, and maybe add theirs if they feel comfortable, and all of this. Like, it's every piece of writing or tweeting or posting on social media that someone has done recently regarding whatever horrible experience they had at Blizzard or at BlizzCon or as an employee of, you know, of all of this. And Activision, too. They're, they're part of this, too. All of it. Activision, Blizzard, King. All of them that have posted these things should be believed. And that's hard. And it's also hard to read if you're someone who's been through trauma, which I have. And in my blog post, I talk about that a little bit, add some personal thoughts, and try to figure out what I was going to do with this show, which I've figured it out. I'm clearly going to keep going. Okay, I don't know where I put it, but um, there was a blue post on the Diablo forums, and it was by Pez Radar, who is a community manager for Diablo, and it looks like he was responding to a bunch of people who were wondering when there would be a Diablo Immortal beta coming out, and this was on August 3rd, I think. August 2nd. This was August 2nd, and he responded, Nothing is delayed. Beta is still in August. We will have more news soon. Also on August 2nd, Girls Gone Wow, which is a uh, Warcraft Radio podcast, did an episode called Where Do We Go From Here? It's show number 481, and they spent a great deal of time talking about the newly revealed stuff since their last episode. Well, they didn't do a last episode. Instead of doing a last episode, they got on Twitch and just kind of had a space where people could talk about this safely. And it was for, I 
think it was it was either followers only or subscribers only, which is totally valid. So this was the episode they did talking about things from that point on. And it was wonderful. And the thing I want to highlight here is this show is hosted by two women. So this is the only episode of a podcast I've heard discussing the lawsuit and all of the repercussions of it that was done by not one, but two women, along with a guest host that was male. Usually it's one woman and a group of men or one man and one woman. This had two women and also included a lot of feedback from their audience with comments that, you know, they wanted read on the show. And I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of those people were using like their gamer name or their the name they use it for their character that they play in Warcraft or World of Warcraft. Um, so I can't be sure of their gender, but my guess is uh, perhaps some of them are female. And so it just felt better <laughs> to have two women talking about this, you know, and it's a really good episode. So I highly recommend that you check it out. And let's see. Oh, I found the thing with uh, Pez Radar. Yeah, specifically, nothing is delayed. Blizzard is, or beta is still in August. We'll have more news soon. That was on um, the 2nd of August. Uh, on the 3rd of August, we have an IGN article. It's titled, Activision Blizzard Employees Form Coalition Reject CEO's Choice of Law Firm. And it was written on August 3rd. Looks like they updated something in it on the same day. And there's a letter in here and some of this they have the whole letter um i'll read pieces of it because it's very very long <laughs> but i'll read some of it uh to ceo bobby kotek and the activision blizzard executive leadership team we are the abk workers alliance an organized group of current activision blizzard inc employees committed to defending our right to a safe and equitable workplace that right remains endangered as the stories of abuse and mistreatment continue to grow in scope and new accounts of harassment perpetrated by current activision blizzard employees have continued to emerge since the publication of the dfeh's lawsuit the dfeh is the department for uh, its empl employment and something else in California, and that's who's suing the company. Uh, last week, we took collective action to demand better working conditions for women and other marginalized groups at Activision Blizzard King by writing an open letter signed by more than 3,000 current employees. We organized the hashtag ActBlizz walkout at Blizzard Entertainment's Irvine headquarters where more than 500 workers walked out and hundreds more participated virtually around the world and virtually was in the game in World of Warcraft. People got together in groups and then logged out right before the walkout would start. So they did do that. Uh, there's a bunch of demands that they want, so here's some. We com we communicated a list of four demands aimed at protecting our most vulnerable workers. These are, one, an end to forced arbitration and employment agreements. Now, if you're outside of the United States, you probably don't have those things, but the United States is litigious, and they tend to f stick this into contracts, especially at big corporations. The purpose of this is if you are a worker who's been abused or mistreated in some way, you, by virtue of agreeing to work there and signing the documents that, you know, come with that sort of thing, are agreeing to not engage a lawyer outside of the company to defend you. That's what it is. It's 
forced arbitration means the company wins. That's what it means. So they would like an end to forced arbitration. Number two, the adoption of inclusive recruitment and hiring practices. Three, increases in pay transparency through compensation metrics. And four, an audit of ABK policies and practices to be performed by a neutral third party. Importantly, we demanded that this third party be selected by an employee-led diversity, equity, and inclusion task force. In response to our demands, you wrote a letter to employees expressing a commitment to do a better job of listening. You said you would do everything possible to work with employees in improving our workplace, and yet the solutions you proposed in that letter did not meaningfully address our requests. You ignored our call for an end to mandatory arbitration. You did not commit to adopting inclusive recruitment and hiring practices. You made no comment on pay transparency. One of our demands, a third-party audit of ABK practices and policies, was ostensibly addressed by your decision to hire Wilmer Hale to conduct an internal review. While we commend the idea of hiring a third-party firm excuse me, to perform an internal review, the ABK Workers Alliance cannot support the choice of Wilmer Hale as an impartial reviewer. The letter continues, we reject the selection of Wilmer Hale for the following reasons. Wilmer Hale's pre-existing relationships with Activision Blizzard and its executives create an unacceptable conflict of interest. Activision Blizzard has already been a client of Wilmer Hale, who you use to dispute the diverse candidate search policy proposed by the AFL-CIO Reserve Fund and UAW Retiree Medical Benefits Trust earlier in 2021. Francis Townsend is known to have relationships with multiple partners at Wilmer Hale, including former FBI director Robert Mueller. And Wilmer Hale has a history of discouraging workers' rights and collective action. Wilmer Hale's partner, the Wilmer Hale partner leading this investigation, Stephanie Avakian, specializes in protecting the wealthy and the powerful. There's a lot that's not good about Wilmer Hale being selected, so that's what's in the letter about that, which was posted on August 3rd on IGN and probably other places too. So then also on August 3rd, you get this thing from Blizzard on the Blizzard official, you know, news section of its website. It's titled New Leadership at Blizzard. To all members of the Blizzard community, we want to let you know about an important leadership change at Blizzard Entertainment. Starting today, J. Allen Brack will be stepping down as the leader of the studio, and Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabara will co-lead Blizzard moving forward. And it continues with a little bit about them. Jen joined Blizzard in January as Executive Vice President of Development, where she's been proving... Sorry, providing senior development leadership and support to the Diablo and Overwatch franchises. Jen is the former head of Vicarious Visions, which is now part of Blizzard Entertainment. If I remember correctly, that's the group that worked on remastering Diablo 2. I think that's right. After many years at Xbox, Mike joined the company in 2019 as the executive vice president and general manager of platform and technology, where he's been overseeing the evolution of Battle.net and our development services organization. So there's that. There's a message in here from J. Allen Brack. Here's, it's quoted. Here's the quote from J. Allen Brack. Quote, I am confident that Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra will provide the leadership Blizzard needs to realize its full potential and will accelerate the pace of change. I anticipate that they will do so with passion and enthusiasm and that they can be trusted to lead with the highest levels of integrity and commitment to the components of our culture that make Blizzard so special. Which sounds really tone deaf again. I'm going to be using that phrase a lot. And I think perhaps this was written for him. You know, maybe this could be his thoughts, but it kind of, you know, if this is the, hey, 
we're going to fire you, but we'd like a quote. I don't know that you'd be so, you know what I mean? I don't know that he wrote this. I don't know what he thinks about this. Maybe he did, whatever, but that's a thing. Now, since this has gone up, a lot of people have mentioned that, well, okay, J. Allen Brack was someone mentioned in the lawsuit. He was mentioned as someone who was aware of what uh, Alex Afrasiabi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, had done to many women and uh, ignored it for the most part. And then eventually uh, the lawsuit said that Alex got a, you know, basically a slap on the wrist uh, and that was it. No real consequences. So I can understand why the high ups at Blizzard think, well, we'll just fire J. Allen Brack and all will be well. Not all will be well. Things are still going on. Women are still posting about their experiences working for Blizzard and how terrible it was. And so I guess this was kind of like he's their sacrificial lamb. Changing, removing him is not going to change the culture on its own. It's not like it was one dude that ignored egregious behavior from others, you know? So there we are. That's what that's all about, I suppose. And then we have um, more news. There's, again, uh, Bloomberg posted this, and Jason Shearer, who writes for Bloomberg as a reporter, wrote a tweet that said, News, Blizzard's head of HR, Jesse Meschuk, is also no longer at the company Bloomberg has learned. Now, that one's behind a paywall, but fortunately, The Verge has the same information. And The Verge has written uh, a little bit about, let's see, I'll just read you a couple of paragraphs here. Blizzard President J. Allen Brack isn't the only executive leaving the company today after presiding over a culture now accused of fostering, quote, constant sexual harassment, end quote. Jesse Meschuk, the company's head of global human resources, has also now departed, and Activision Blizzard spokesperson confirmed to Bloomberg and to The Verge. Quote, Jesse Meschuk is no longer with the company, wrote an Activision Blizzard spokesperson. The company declined to comment further. Meschuk appears to have deleted his Twitter account as well. I may be mispronouncing his name, but this is the best I can do at the moment. Yeah, and then there's a little bit more about stuff we already know about the lawsuit and the Cosby suite and all this other stuff. In a report published by Axios that The Verge is talking about, uh, multiple current and former Blizzard employees called the company's human resources team part of the problem. They would report issues only to be ignored, belittled, and retaliated against, they claimed. An HR rep reportedly told one employee to, quote, suck it up because they were, quote, acting like a brat, end quote. Another told Axios that after she was assaulted by a male colleague, the HR rep took his side, telling her to work from home or switch departments. Quote, he's really sorry and he really wants to work at Blizzard and he says that you were really friendly with him, they reportedly said. Oh my God. I don't know how people handled this. I sure as hell wouldn't if it was in my workplace, you know. Oh my. Um, So there's that, you know, (laughs) there's that. Yeah, there's that. And um, there's a, a person that writes for Axios Gaming Newsletter named Stephen Totillo. And on that same day, August 3rd, he tweeted this. I asked Activision Blizzard PR if Fran Townsend remains in her role at the company. The answer was yes. So she's still there. She's the one that's in charge of like the women's group or something, which I can't remember the full name of that. But yeah, she's still there, you know. Okay. So in the meantime, we've also got things coming out from Diablo, the Diablo team. Wyatt Chang posted a link to news at Blizzard about Diablo Immortal and the development, and it was on August 3rd. So I'm going to skim this because it's a lot, but I'll link to it if you want the whole thing. Uh, they got a lot of feedback from people playing the alpha, the alpha test 
in the alpha test, the closed alpha, all of that. And there, there's a bit about what players versus environment should be and what players are talking about that they want. This includes more meaningful interaction with bounties, so they're going to make adjustments to that. Um, player versus player, they're interested in doing something with that, but they, be- they I guess they've already... Uh, implemented it, but they believe more can be done to make the experience more enjoyable, so they're going to do that. There's going to be controller support, which a lot of people probably want, because if you have large hands and a small phone, it's going to be difficult for you to play a game on it, or if you've got like a tablet that's small, that's probably going to be difficult too. In addition, if you have a disability that causes your hands to stop working after you play video games for a while, like mine do, um, using a controller would be really helpful. So I'm going to read that paragraph. Controller support. Your enthusiasm for wanting to play Diablo Immortal with the controller is coming, but we're still working through the challenges of adapting the touchscreen controls to a controller seamlessly. Making our game more accessible is top of mind, and we'll share more progress on this front as we approach the beta in the future. So they are talking about a beta in this. And then there's character progression, and I'll leave you to read that. Um, But there is something in here that talked about... Uh, when the beta would be, and I'm trying to find it because I want to get that right. I know I saw it earlier. Oh, here we are. So the beta in the future, right? So we knew a beta was coming. We don't know when, but then where was it? I swear I saw something in here that said that the beta was delayed, but maybe that wasn't posted in this particular article. So I'm just going to move on here. Um, in addition, White Chang also posted on Twitter that they are hiring for open positions. That was on August 3rd as well. And they are, uh, he wrote to this, if you are interested, particularly women and other unrepresented groups, I encourage you to apply. A hiring plug may seem strange given the climate surrounding Blizzard. Please know there are many of us who believe in a better ABK and they link to that account on Twitter. That change will require increased diversity in our hiring. Come help us, join us, and be part of that change. So that's happening. And in addition to that, uh, Halinka, who is a game designer for Blizzard Entertainment, is also piping up about here's some open positions in World of Warcraft. One's a class combat designer, specifically looking at, I guess, just class combat. One has to do with class combat designer on tuning. And then there's a game designer for PvP content. So they're still hiring if that's your thing and you want to jump into a company like this right now or or something. So on August 4th, Scott Johnson announced that his, his art, No Way Home, which is a large, very broken hearthstone. You know, that's how you get back to the inn that you stay in or wherever you got yourself parked in, whichever part of World of Warcraft you're in or Azeroth you're in. And a lot of people apparently really liked it and wanted to purchase it. So what he's done is he has made the art available in shirts, prints, stickers, and buttons at the Frog Pants store. Frog Pants is his company. And the money that you spend on that can go to one of the following, Black Girls Code, Rain, or Women in Games International, and you get to choose which one of those you want it to go to. Okay, there was a tweet by an account called Upcomer, and on August 4th, they posted a screenshot of the at Fran Townsend account, and it says this account doesn't exist. So she deleted her account after blocking employees that were mentioning things about, hey, you need to do better or you need to step down from the women's group, you know, that kind of thing. That happened. That's a thing. And then we have all this other stuff in here. Um, 
And Westmarch Workshop uh, posted episode 215 called We've Got Some Things to Talk About. And in that one, uh, Nine Ball is definitely, I think, I'm not sure if Nine Ball was talking to others on it because I'm just looking at the page on BlizzPro about it. So the, the description is, I share my thoughts on the Blizzard lawsuit. And while it's a complicated time, there are still some things to be positive about in the world of Diablo. But we still need to challenge Blizzard to be a better company for their employees and by extension, their consumers so you can check that out and then we have some stuff from the washington post now that's normally behind a paywall but you can read two or three articles for free before they block you off for another month so i have this here in front of me and there's an article uh titled at blizzard groping free-flowing booze and a fear of retaliation tainted quote magical workplace it's written by shannon liao it's long but there's a lot of stuff in here that's Maybe uh, not widely known or not known about at all. There's just, it's it's a lot. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's some allegations in here against people. So I'll see if I can find those really quick. Okay, the first paragraph. I'll give you the first and second paragraph. Cher Scarlett remembers the times when Blizzard women at Blizzard Entertainment would meet in empty office rooms in the company's Irvine, California headquarters. There they would commiserate over their experiences, sometimes to process raw emotions before heading back to work. In one such meeting about five years ago, Scarlett, a former software engineer at Blizzard, decided to share her experiences of being inappropriately touched by other co-workers. She learned she was not alone. And there's a quote from her about that in the second paragraph. Scarlett said that during her year at Blizzard from August 2015 to 2016, she had been underpaid, harassed, and on two separate occasions groped at, at company events. She was later among a group of current and former Activision Blizzard employees who provided testimony to California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing. That's the ones that have the lawsuit going. So there's that. We know about that one already. I'm not going to get into that any farther. Um, let's see. The allegations in the lawsuit included one leveled specifically at J. Allen Brack than the company's president, claiming he was personally aware of multiple instances of harassment at the company and failed to mitigate the issues. Uh, I guess the Washington Post asked J. Allen Brack for a comment and he didn't leave one for them. Now, it could be if you are involved in this sort of thing and there's lawsuits going on, it is possible that you are not allowed to talk about this as someone who's a high up in the company, so it could be that. Uh, the Washington Post interviewed seven, cur 17 current and former Blizzard employee entertainment employees across the United States and Europe who shared accounts of a workplace that didn't take complaints to human resources seriously and normalized misconduct. Many of them spoke on the condition of anonymity for fear of retaliation. Many workers told the Post the lawsuit allegations did not surprise them and were were reflective of a culture where victims feared retaliation for speaking up. According to employees interviewed for this story, the culture impacted not only women, but men and marginalized genders too. Employees with diverse backgrounds told the Post they'd faced harassment and misconduct from co-workers and reported it to human resources, but it led to no punishment nor produced any change. There's a lot of stuff in this Washington Post article that's already been reported in the lawsuit, outside of the lawsuit, uh, tweeted about by women who have had a terrible experience with, um, in this case, uh, Afra Siabi. And, you know, th there's all of this kind of stuff, but there's some other stuff in here that I didn't know about before, but it seems to be <laughs> a thing that happened. 
In October of 2018, the company also parted ways with Tyler Rosen, a former business business leader for Blizzard's esports group. By Rosen's admission, more than a year and a half later on social media, the reason for the departure was tied to inappropriate conduct. In a response to an allegation of sexual assault from a female esports employee who accused him of putting his hand on her butt while sleeping after a 2014 industry event. Rosen tweeted in June of 2020 that at the event he and four others shared a single hotel room, including the employee. The alleged incident occurred when Rosen and two other employees were sharing a bed to sleep, according to his Twitter posting. He added that a separate instance of unprofessional behavior led to his departure from Blizzard in 2018. He wrote, I was part of the problem that plagues Blizzard and the wider gaming industry, Rosen wrote in an email to the Post. I was given a final warning in 2016 related to an incident in 2014 and fired in 2018 for a separate instance of harm and violation that I caused. Blizzard could not talk about my termination as a matter of policy, so I exited quietly, which would help me avoid public accountability, perpetrated the culture of silence, and downplayed the experience of survivors. He was not named in the lawsuit, according to the Washington Post, and I read that lawsuit, and yeah, he's not in there. He's absolutely not in there. There is a paragraph in here about Mike Moore. He didn't, he literally didn't do anything. Literally didn't do anything. Um, (laughs) That's good and bad. There's a uh, paragraph in here. Human resources ultimately reported to the CEO. Mike Morhaim was Brack's predecessor as, at, as CEO and president of Blizzard until he stepped down in October 2018. He stayed on as co-founder until he left the company in early 2019. Multiple employees confirmed to the Post that Morheim was present at some of the company events where women alleged misconduct took place, although he is not named in the suit. Several employees at Blizzard expressed uncertainty whether Morheim, or is it Morheim, uh, knew of everything that went on or whether he was too trusting of his co-workers. And he, we already know he tweeted an apology post a while ago, which I know it's not that long ago, but my God, this stuff just goes on and on and it just feels like it's been 10 years, you know? I guess technically it has. I think the lawsuit goes back that far in what they were investigating. So there's that. There's some stuff in here about Fran Townsend, but I think we already know about those things. Um, that might be it for this one. You know, that might be it for that one. But there's another Washington Post article that also uh, was posted today called Amid Harassment Lawsuit, Advertisers Pull Back from Blizzard's Overwatch League. And they have. So (laughs) it's kind of a thing. You need sponsors for this thing because it's, you know, esports and all that stuff. Some of them are leaving. There is uh, an update at the top of this blog that says Kellogg will no longer advertise Cheez-Its or Pringles in Activision Blizzard's Overwatch League, according to a statement from the company. T-Mobile has also confirmed the company paused its sponsorship of the Overwatch League until further notice. There's a thing about Coca-Cola as well. State Farm, apparently, I I don't know if they're dropping or if they're reassessing partnerships with it, but Coca-Cola appears to be staying. The sponsored player rankings are powered by IBM, and apparently there's been red Coca-Cola cups uh, put next to the players on this and all of this stuff. A spokesperson for Coca-Cola said Wednesday the company is aware of the allegations surrounding Activision Blizzard and has been closely monitoring the situation. We are working with our partners at Blizzard as we take a step back for a moment to revisit future plans and programs, the statement reads. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on there. However, uh, Bobby Kotek was the chief executive officer and director. Uh, he was a director. He was uh, 
He is currently the chief executive officer and director of Activision Blizzard, Inc., but he was a director at the Coca-Cola company since 2012. So that's kind of tied up with him. There's another, uh, that's on the Coca-Cola website. Another one on the Coca-Cola website is uh, announcing that uh, Bobby Kotek, chief executive officer and a director of Activision Blizzard, Inc., is now the, um, what was it exactly? That he was announced as a director in February 2012, a director of Coca-Cola. So my best guess is Coca-Cola is going to stay because of that. For Azeroth, posted a podcast on August 6th, and the description of it, this is a Warcraft radio show as well, and uh, the description of it is they, uh, Jared and Manny return to give an update on the situation at Activision Blizzard and the future of the show, and then they start talking about uh, World, of, World of Warcraft stuff, Shards of Dominion, Time Walking, something else. I don't know, I haven't heard that part at all yet, so yeah. But it's a good podcast, I'm sure, because everything on Warcraft Radio is good. I've listened to pieces of them in the past, so it's pretty good. And then there's another one from IGN. Embattled Activision Blizzard executive steps down as women's network sponsor. That would be Fran Townsend. <laughs> and this is an article about her and all the stuff that's happened recently. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. You can read it from the show notes if you want to, but Activision Blizzard's president for corporate affairs, Francis Townsend, has stepped down as an executive sponsor of the ABK Women's Network as of two weeks ago. The embattled corporate executive has been criticized by employees within the company for several missteps following the lawsuit against Activision Blizzard was first uh, publicized. Townsend is no longer the executive sponsor of the ABK Women's Network, a group for women employees at Activision Blizzard King. However, Townsend is still employed by Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, Townsend was previously criticized for issuing a statement shortly after news of the lawsuit broke, calling the allegations distorted and false. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek sent a follow-up letter to employees calling this initial response tone-deaf. According to the Washington Post, Townsend told employees over Zoom that her statement was following, quote, legal counsel's guidance on language and that the end result would no, no longer sounded much like her voice. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I can't imagine a lawsuit that says, please call the allegations distorted and false. That will help you greatly. Don't. No way. No way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the lawyers supporting the leaders at Blizzard want them to do that, but it's not okay anyway because it's just a lie. Uh, it mentions the link she tweeted to the problem with whistleblowing article from the Atlantic, which is just terrible. Yeah, and now she's deleted her uh, her Twitter account. After being criticized for her tweet, Townsend seemingly began blocking Blizzard employees and journalists, uh, the writer of this article included, before deactivating her Twitter account altogether. A statement from Activision Blizzard to Kotaku said the company didn't ask her to delete it. It was her decision. So she's running away, basically, instead of facing any consequences. A better ABK responded to this and said, um, last week, more than 3,000 current ABK employees signed an open letter asking, among other things, for Fran Townsend to step down as sponsor of the ABK Women's Network. We are glad she listened and hope that this will be followed by leadership addressing employees' other demands, which leadership has not done. So there's that. I'm not sure if I missed anything in here, really. Um, possibly. I'm not really sure. But this is the best I can find. 
as of this, and I think it's just going to keep on going. I really do, so I'm just going to try to keep you all updated as much as you'd care to be, because I think it's important. I think we do need to support the people that were abused in, you know, ways that are absolutely egregious. We need to believe them, because nobody posts about this kind of stuff unless it really happened. Nobody wants to be the target of the type of harassment a woman on Twitter or Facebook or wherever is going to get just by talking about, here's what happened to me. No one wants that. No one wants their trauma to be, you know, jumped on by a bunch of randos. So, I mean, believe them. They're not making this up. This is totally what happened to them, for one thing. The other thing is, we need to keep, you know talking about this and posting about this on social media because we don't want, and I've seen people who work for Blizzard or are supporting the people who work for Blizzard say that what you want to do if you want to help out with this and you want to help the workers is keep posting things about this, keep talking about this because if you stop, it's going to look like it's all blown over and then nothing will happen. The The company will say, oh, well, no one cares anymore. We don't have to make any changes. And all of the horrible stuff will continue to happen, basically. And possibly people will get fired as a result because we're an at-will state. And that can happen. You know, that kind of thing. So this is why I'm talking about it. It's why a lot of other podcasts are talking about it. And we just got to make some changes. The other thing I wanted to address is there is this uh, sort of uh, debate, I suppose, where a group of people feel like, that's it, I'm done with Blizzard, I'm deleting all their games, I'm not giving them any more of my money, forget it, I'm done, I'm going to go to some other gaming company that must be better, when we all know that this is endemic, this is systemic in many uh, gaming companies, so you can't just pick another and be like, they're all sunshine and roses over here, you know, because it's not true. And doing that actually takes money from Blizzard, but the high ups are still going to get paid. It's the workers that are not going to get paid, that are going to lose their jobs as, you know, as it, and people don't seem to notice that. The workers, the employees, are asking people to please play their games because they are proud of the work that they have put into those games all across Blizzard. And at least, I don't know if, maybe Activision Blizzard as well, but I've seen people that, I my presumption was that they helped with at least one of Blizzard's games, so it could be both, I suppose. But they want people to keep playing because they, you know, they want to still have a job, I guess, and also because they're very proud of the work that they've done that has been put into these games and the stuff that's coming up and this sort of thing. So I started playing Diablo 3 again, even though I was really conflicted at the beginning of this because it was just incredibly overwhelming and I'm sure other people feel overwhelmed by all of this and that's why I've tried to leave out details that would be really harsh for people to hear that maybe don't want to hear that right now. But you can look all this stuff up. It'll be at shatteredsoulstone.com. And I'm going to close the show because I think I've probably talked your ear off already on this. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping next episode, it could be like, here's a little bit about what changed at Blizzard and yay, this is good. And then I can talk more about gaming again, but we'll see what happens. You have been listening to episode 319 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook, facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. 
Thank you for listening.